Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and aren't subscribed, make sure and click the subscribe button, like, comment, let us know what you think about the episode. If there's a particular guest or topic that you'd like to have on, we always love to see your guys' feedback on there and then be able to get them on to future episodes. Today is going to be part two, and for our listeners, you might remember earlier this spring we had Speed of Air Pistons on to talk about a piston design, which is changing diesel engines. Today, Matt from DFC Diesel is going to be joining us, and he builds diesel engines for Cummins Duramax Power Strokes. Been doing it for a really long time. I wanted to learn more about their operation, the different engines that they build for towing, daily driving, street performance, but then also jump into some real-world testing that he has done with speed of air pistons. We're going to talk about dyno, EGTs, fuel economy, power, and then trucks out there in the field, um, how they're performing, um, a ton of different aspects to cover. So definitely looking forward to it. Before we get to it, though, I want to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, which is Dan's Diesel Performance. If you got a Cummins Duramax Power Stroke, looking to make sure that it runs the best that it can, maybe you need a new drop-in turbo, built transmission, or just service and maintenance, definitely make sure and head on over to dansdieselperformance.com. Check out what they have. Their website is super easy to navigate, so you can you know, search by Cummins or Max Power Stroke, um, different engines. If you have questions, um, whether it's about upgrades or maybe a custom build or just getting your truck in the shop to be worked on, definitely send them a message, give them a call. They'd be more than happy to help you. All right, let's get to today's episode with Matt from DFC Diesel talking about building Cummins Duramax Power Stroke engines and also some really interesting testing they've done with Speed of Air Pistons. Matt, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. I've wanted to chat with you for a really long time. We've had so many listeners over the years that have asked to have DFC on, and I've been familiar with you guys for a really long time. So I'm looking forward to chatting with you today, learning more about building engines, and then chatting about or chatting with you about a set of pistons which are really exciting and you guys have a lot of testing with so i look forward to our conversation today yeah yeah no thanks for having me yeah it's uh been kind of a crazy couple of years so haven't had the uh, opportunity to be on here yet oh yeah i'm sure you know building engines and all the demand that i think has always been there but especially the last you know three years it's uh, definitely hard to keep up with but well i'm familiar with you guys some of our listeners might not be can you tell me a bit about dfc yourself the company um what you guys build and, and really focus on in the diesel industry yeah so i mean a bit of my history is um prior to dfc i mean i worked at a diesel performance company um back from about 2004 to 2010. during that time period uh we were seeing like a lot of failures and especially like five nine commons and things like that so i actually started building engines on my evenings and weekends uh for that company for several years and then around 2010 i just kind of got the urge that i was enjoying it a lot and want to you know start working on more fords and duramax and stuff too so when i started uh 
uh, DFC in 2010. It was primarily myself and a, a few helpers. We started in about 3,200 square feet. Um, I originally started with a uh, like a three-year, 100,000 kilometer, 60,000 mile warranty, which at the time was probably one of the best ones in the industry. Um, in 2013, we actually came out with our five-year, 160, 100,000 mile warranty. Um, we've had that ever since. I mean, since then, I mean, it's uh, it's um, we've definitely had a lot of other companies, Canada, U.S., uh, come out with with essentially the same warranty with a name change and stuff. Um, as we grew throughout the the first bay, we grew from I think thirty two hundred to sixty four hundred to ninety six hundred square feet, then to sixteen thousand. And uh, twenty sixteen, we grew to about thirty two thousand square feet. Wow! Um, and then uh, I believe I think it was a couple of months ago we actually just surpassed about ten thousand engines we've now built out in the marketplace. So we're definitely the largest manufacturer of these engines in Canada, but. Uh, Outside of some of the very, very large PERs, I believe that we're the largest one, even in, in the USA, that builds them too. So, yeah, I remember when I first—I can't remember the year that I first um, came across you guys, but there were a few things that really jumped out to me. Then, one was the five-year, hundred-thousand-mile warranty, which you don't get unless you're buying oh. a truck brand new. And then two were the different levels of engine builds that you guys had. So if somebody had a stock or relatively stock truck and they just, you know, they needed a new long block, you guys had it. Or for the guys that had a bit more power, maybe compounds, upgraded fuel systems, they're making more power. You had options within those. So I, I wanted to chat with you a bit about the different types or series of engines that you guys offer. So how it covers somebody with a stock truck or people with more power. Um, well, I mean, one of the unique things about us as a PER is we're more of like a custom production remanufacturer. So when we start out, even our standard, let's say like a long block engine kind of as like a factory replacement, we actually use like a standard list of new parts, whether they're worn out or not. So for example, on the cylinder head, we would still on a Cummins, like replace all 24 guides, all 24 seats, 24 valves, springs, so on and so forth. So that way, you know, we're truly we're you know bringing that part back to like brand new which is a big reason why we're like you know we're we came out with a comprehensive warranty that we do have um our different models of engines we have now they uh, we used to do short blocks we discontinued those after last year but now we primarily focus on like a long block engine so all, all of our long blocks they're uh kind of standardized across the board so they would have you know, your front covers, rear covers, oil pans, uh, rock arms, valve train all on them. And then, you know, you still have to swap over the components like, uh, you know, your valve covers and injectors, turbo, uh, wiring harnesses, so on and so forth. When we step up to our next level, it's our street series engine. It's essentially still the same long block, but uh, we add a set of ARP or uh, uh, opt torque, torque master head studs in them. Um, then we step up to our full haul series engines. So those are designed more for the guys that, you know, obviously have done a couple of, you know, power adders and everything else to the, the truck. And, you know, they're working them a lot more. So then that's where we start getting into like coated pistons, uh, heavy duty valve train, like heavy duty springs and push rods. Um, some of them included like uh, different camshaft and, um, you know, and uh, like a lot of them are like six liter, six fours uh, across the board. They come standard with, common failure uh 
common failure items like ARP rod bolts and stuff because the factory bolts just fatigue over time. Um, and then we get into our tow hall HD. That's kind of where, you know, on they'll have then all of the upgrades that are in our previous engine, but then we're adding like, you know, billet connecting rods and balanced rotating assemblies, heavy duty flex plates, blue dampeners, or ATI dampeners, uh, you know, some of them like, uh, you know, maybe like upgraded crankshafts even. Um, at the end of the day, we're always trying to look for, you know, how do we give the best value to our customers? So we're trying to have it where, you know, whatever engine package we offer is truly adding the best value for, um, you know, for their application. So for, I'd still say the, the bulk of our engine sales are still made up of like long block and street series because we are improving a lot of the, uh, the common failure areas in them anyways. So, um, you know, we feel that there's still like a, a better quality engine than would have come from factory anyways, because sometimes that includes like modified clearances or even better materials, uh, different clearances, everything else that just just work better when trucks are being pushed a little bit harder than they were from new. It's really unique. And I think of the two people who would buy engines, either be somebody as an individual truck owner, they're going to get it, have it shipped to a shop or a shop owner who has a truck and never the failed engine and they need a replacement mm -hmm. is the different options. So if you know, in the past, when I would think of it is you get a, a stock reman engine, you're making a bit more power. Well, now you've got a do the, the valve springs, you got to do the head studs yourself, you got to do these other things which are going to add variables or you'd mentioned short blocks so you're taking an old set of heads putting them on this uh -huh. brand new engine and it just creates more variables and issues so I think that part really appeals to both sets of you know the shop owner the truck owner is this thing comes you know ready to bolt on your accessories install in uh -huh. the truck and go yeah and, and uh, you know it's obviously like you know we're we're always learning here too i mean we seen some pretty crazy things over the year both on things getting installed or, or failures that happen um for a variety of reasons later on um you know i feel like my experience when i used to work work as a mechanic before here has really served me well just in seeing like you know hey when these things get pushed uh you know especially in performance applications to a lot more um a lot higher horsepower ratings like what are the common failures because if they wear out then that's usually where like some of the weakest links are to look at first when we're looking at doing upgrades. Um, the, uh, like on, on a lot of the engines, like speaking about the short blocks, like, yeah, I mean, to your point, it, it has been a big reason why we actually, uh, uh, kind of discontinued the short blocks was again, it's like looking at the, the overall picture and the value is, there are some people out there that are, you know, they may have just recently bought a set of heads. So like, well, I only need a short block and stuff. But I mean, there is still a lot of things to take into consideration, like, you know, proper piston, uh, uh, like whether you have the correct piston protrusion, the gaskets you use, the valve recession. Um, and like, there's a lot of engines out there, like the 6.4 liter Ford, um, because they have a lot of oiling issues to the top end, they can wear grooves in the underside of the uh, valve bridges. So if someone's not paying attention and then they, they reuse the valve bridges, the sharp, the sharp edge of, let's say, uh, the, uh, the top of the valve stem can grab that ridge and then it holds the valve down because they have a, a drop lifter. So it, you know, always runs at zero lash. And then, um, you can leave a piston and valve impression pretty deep in the piston if you reuse those. So. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense as far as streamlining it. Something that was really interesting when we were chatting a little bit beforehand 
because um, we had a listener that said, hey, can you get DFC on the podcast? I, I want to know more about what they do. And you had mentioned the speed of air pistons. And we had them on maybe four or five months ago. Uh-huh. And there was a lot of questions people had. It was a really popular episode. And you're like, hey, we've been testing these things. Like We have, uh-huh. to have some really good data. I wanted yeah. to ask you as an engine builder about those pistons and what you've seen, what you've tested, what your impression of them is so far. Like speed of air, I actually think is probably one of the most exciting things that's come to this industry in in a very, very long time. Um, like, don't get me wrong, when when I was first pitched the idea over two years ago, I mean, um, you know, I'm sitting on a Zoom call very much similar and I'm talking to the, the owners of speed of air and, and stuff. And I mean, uh, Joe and Chris are, are two awesome guys. I've really enjoyed getting to know them. Um, and, you know, as they're telling me all these things about the features and benefits, I mean, it it is it was a little hard not to be skeptical but uh, but you know they had they had their own test data and and there was just obviously everything just flowed very seamlessly on like like wow like i mean i'm just i'm not seeing any downside to this um i immediately just took a great amount of interest in it and um we started down the path of doing our own testing because we wanted to you know not just go off what someone else was telling us but actually see like what are we going to see in in are like um in real world testing sort of thing we did kind of a unique approach different than even testing that they had done before and that uh you know a lot of the engines that they've done testing on were like you already have let's say a failed engine and then you know you you upgrade these pistons but almost everyone that does an engine they're like oh well, i want to change the turbo or i want to do a camshaft yeah. i want to do and i want to do an airbox exhaust like you name it and so you know, even though the results were always very, very promising, I mean, um, I want to see like, you know, what happens if we literally just swap out the lawn block. So uh, within the first six, eight months, we had already taken about a dozen perfectly good running trucks. So I think these are trucks that didn't need engines, you know, and they had varying mileage on them. They had, uh, uh, you know, like some of them had like, you know, let's say like 60, 70,000 miles, some of them had 250,000 miles. Um, and we, we did before testing. So we went and bought a cane five gas analyzer and down the street from us, we had uh, uh Neil horsepower solution. So he has a, a hub dyno that, uh, you know, it's good for like 4,000 horsepower, but it's nice because we can actually put a pretty good load on the engine and do a lot of repeatable testing. So what our testing is, was we, uh, put the trucks on there and then we took uh, samples at let's say about 100 foot pounds of load 300 400 and then under a full pull and then we did that at about uh what was it it was about 50 miles an hour and about 70 75 miles an hour because we're trying to mimic you know kind of like well what do we see when we're let's say driving in the street or let's say towing a 10,000 pound trailer down the road and then we literally sent the trucks off. We swapped out the lawn blocks. So we reused the, you know, if they had a tune in it that stayed on the same level, um, you know, we reused the injectors, the turbo, like everything was identical as it was before. And, and also to mention, we had, uh, prior to doing these engines, we actually had everyone take about, uh, probably about three to 5,000 miles of fuel economy data beforehand as well. And so after doing all these engines and about two years of testing, I mean, across the board, I mean, the results are pretty much um, like very, very similar, no matter what platform we've done on, doesn't matter whether it's Dodge, Ford or Chevy. I mean, 
you know, we're consistently seeing where, you know, we're getting, I think on the low side, we saw about 15% fuel economy, but I'd say about 90 plus percent of the trucks got about 20 to 25% better, um, you know, which is pretty unheard of for obviously just swapping out like hard parts. Like this isn't, this isn't even trying to tune it for better fuel economy or anything, but some of the really surprising results was the before and after on the dyno. I mean, across the board, we're seeing where that Kane five gas analyzer, I mean, trucks were like their NOx levels were probably about, they were averaging probably about 50 plus percent less NOx as high as 80% in some cases, like, cause we put these in 12 valves as well. Like even non-emissions required trucks and seen significant drops. Um, you know, we saw where trucks like I, cause I have two of these engines in my own personal vehicles too. And I mean, I've seen about a drop of about 200 degrees on EGTs as well. Um, from peaks beforehand. And uh, the one thing that is really amazing about it is it it genuinely changes the kind of overall driving experience of the truck because one common thing that we've all noticed when we're driving these things is like, wow, like the trucks just actually feel like they have like a noticeable amount more power. And on the dyno, they don't really pick up a huge amount. Like it is around maybe about five, 7% on peak that we are seeing, but uh, in some testing we've seen where you know like a truck that was doing 500 horse before and like uh you know around 900,000 foot pounds it, it actually had several hundred foot pounds of torque hundreds of rpm lower in the rpm band because the turbo lights quicker and it just it it just seems to work work better across like you know even the like when the turbo's coming on and like let's say the 1500 and onward thing so when you're towing a trailer down the road, you're actually noticing that you're getting up to speed using like noticeably less throttle and it's maintaining speed easier on hills. Um, the engine's a lot quieter than it was before. Um, trucks previously, um, anyone that's had experience with, let's say like a 04 and a half to 07, 59 pickup, when the injectors start going in them, they, they're pretty hazy at idle and they get that kind of eye-watering haze. Uh, one of my staff's trucks, it was just like that before we did the engine and afterwards you can put your face within six inches of the exhaust and not even smell any exhaust anymore. And those are the same injectors before and after. So, I mean, every single person, myself included, that's put this in, it's like, it's not once has there ever been negative results from any of the testing we've done. It's been positive in every manner. That's what's so interesting to me about it because when, when we had covered the topic, um, it was, my first thought was this is changing diesel engines <clears throat> it, it, that it could. And a lot of the questions that people had pertain to what you just talked to us about was testing, whether it was driving at dyno, um, fuel economy, power, EGTs. And it's so cool to hear from your perspective as an engine builder and who's been highly, highly successful doing it for a really long time. And you see Cummins Duramax power stroke. I'm sure you've seen tons of parts, tons of pistons, tons of oh. everything that could go into an engine. So when you were really excited about talking about it, I thought I need to really pay attention to this and, you know, really absorb the information, which I oh. think there might be someone out there who might just change the pistons in a truck, but in, in general, you're going to be getting a whole new engine and this option would pop up oh. and, you know, between if someone was looking at doing, looking at getting an engine and let's say the truck is worked really hard, it's not necessarily a race truck or anything like that, but what would you tell them would be a benefit to adding this into one of the builds you guys are doing? Is it as far as price return? How long are they keeping the truck? 
um, different things that they would see as a, as a truck owner going to this upgrade? What would be the, I don't want to say selling point, but what would be the, the benefit to it that you would tell somebody? Like, um, uh, I believe it was like actually Chris Parkhurst uh, was the one that originally said this, but um, like these are actually probably going to be the cheapest pistons that you ever upgrade an engine because there's no other pistons you can buy that actually pay you back for owning them. Um, as probably the the first thing is is we actually have a value proposition calculator on our on our website where you can type in like your mileage and you know your fuel or uh, the current fuel price. And, and we base it off of all these engines have an expected life cycle of about 350,000 miles or 500,000 kilometers. And so based on that life cycle, every one of these tests is essentially saying that, you know, if you're, if you're, let's say, uh, someone who's driving the truck empty most of the time cruising down the highway, you're likely to see a savings over the lifetime of that truck of about $20,000. If you're a guy that's towing steady, like especially getting into the commercial uh, hot shot, things like that you're likely to see savings in, in excess of $60,000. Like these are huge, huge savings when considered just, in, and that's just at a, that's at a static fuel price. If fuel prices start climbing like they did a year or two ago, um, you know, the savings could go up even more from there. That's just kind of based on what average we're seeing in the country, you know, Canada and US right now. Um, additional added benefits is the engine itself should actually last longer than normal because, um, it allows it to just run a lot cleaner. So we're not seeing like the soot and carbon build up on the pistons like you normally would. And, you know, every, every one of these builds also goes with total seal gapless rings. So we have a gapless second ring, which you know, in itself already, you know, allows the truck to make more power. It makes more compression when cranking, better cold weather, weather starting. Um, it prevents fuel dilution of the engine oil, but uh, just the, the amount of less carbon and, and soot making it into the oil changes, I mean, the average person can likely extend their oil change intervals up to about 50%. So if you're changing your oil every 3,000 miles, you could change it every 4,500, and it'll still be cleaner than it was at 3,000 based on oil testing. It's really interesting to think about all the different groups of the diesel truck community or diesel truck owners that this would have a benefit to. Well, when we get the the higher fuel prices. I notice it with listeners requesting yeah. episodes. They want the fuel economy ones. Um, and there's also that crowd that tows a lot and, or they make more power and they want lower EGTs or better response and, oh. and different things. And I can't think of many products in really any part of these trucks where it applies to all of them. You usually have oh. to kind of break off at a certain point and say, yeah. I'm going to go with this big single turbo or these big injectors or these different things. And that really stood out to me in learning more, um, you know, about these, as far as you, you had mentioned, you know, testing them on a 12 valve, some of the newer ones, that's another part that really interests me is the wide range of diesel trucks it can apply to. It's not just the new oh. ones. It's not yeah. just the older ones. That's, it's it's just almost shocking to me. I don't even, <laughs> there's just so much information going on in my head where I'm thinking this applies to everybody, regardless of what truck you have, it, like the NOx reduction. That's mm -hmm. a big thing too. So I imagine it gives you a lot of freedom as a builder when somebody contacts you guys and says, hey, I want the max efficiency fuel economy build, or I need a little bit more power at lower RPMs. You can provide that to them. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, I mean, and and again, too, and the I guess to reiterate, um, our testing was, you know, I took my own and unique approach because like going back to like, you know, we've we've built over ten thousand engines now and and you know, I, me looking at the big picture, I mean it's it's unrealistic in in my opinion anyways, to to get like let's say every one of our customers to go out and retune the truck for for maximum benefits. But I mean, I it would still be an encouraging thing to to try and get everyone to do so because um trucks that let's say utilize this piston technology and then you try and tune it for its maximum benefits i mean there's no reason why a lot of people couldn't expect an excess of 30 percent better fuel economy um our results are solely based on we literally swapped the long block we didn't change anything else in the truck yeah yeah there well there's so many variables with the fuel economy build with additives mm-hmm. the, the transmission the tire size ride height there's so many things that somebody somebody could do i was starting to think of the power side a little bit and those guys they go Oof. you know 600 800 a little bit more have you been able to test these pistons on more of a street truck or a high performance build uh so probably about the highest performance ones you've done i've probably been around about the 500 horse or so um we haven't uh we haven't done anything in big builds we don't we don't do a lot of those anyways because i mean again it uh i think i think this technology is obviously like um it's going to be most attractive to again the the people using these as work trucks everything else um you know I, I would be curious to see just how much better this does make some of these bigger builds because again like uh you know guys that are starting to like you know on um you know drag race and everything else i mean it's a lot harder to light bigger turbos and everything else and i mean and you know some of the camshafts they put in they don't breathe very good at low rpm so i mean this is just going to help you know help these trucks even spool quicker and everything else as well um we recently did a six seven power stroke it, it was a completely bone stock truck factory dpf um everything and on the dyno that one before and after it picked up over 100 foot pounds of torque stock throughout the entire bottom end of the the rpm band and made i believe it was about 30 or 40 horse more peak horsepower and about 50 foot pounds more torque on the peak um that particular truck actually was uh ryan goodman um that uh we installed it in or whatever and even he was like he's been because he's one of our sales reps and i mean he's been uh you know pitching our product for years and stuff too and you know even he said he was a little skeptical beforehand first and then even his wife noticed what a difference this truck was to drive afterwards and she's like wow this thing even passes so much better on the highway and stuff now <laughs> um the unique thing about his truck is he actually drove up from Idaho up here to Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, uh, for us to do the install for him. And uh, on the way back, he was he was pretty consistently regenning about once every tank of fuel. And he didn't re- his very first tank right after we installed the engine, he didn't regen for almost two full tanks of fuel on the way back, and that was right after a freshly installed engine. I mean, the thing about burning cleaner, this is like another really attractive thing to people is like it, uh, um, 
you know, long-term testing should ultimately show the true benefits and results of this. But if you're burning cleaner and you're creating less soot, then your DPF is just plugging up less. So you're going to use less DEF fluid. Um, you're not going to have downtime on the side of the road um, of waiting for it to regen. You're not going to have expensive repair bills of trying to fix plugged ones all the time or taking them out to clean them. So, I mean, long-term, I'm really excited to see just how much of an improvement I'll make in that world. Yeah. Yeah. I especially think with some of the newer trucks that are coming out of warranty and just inevitably things that are going to happen with those engines. The, the main concern I find when I talk with truck owners is they want to limit, they don't ever want to have to buy another DPF. They don't want to clog it to the point it can't yeah. be fixed and have to go buy a new one or constantly regen and just have the fuel economy issues. And so looking at that, that's another huge thing I think in the future is going to be massive as well when these newer kind of trucks start to have issues or not under warranty and people are needing long blocks for them. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and again, like, I mean, I know uh, speed of error, they have test data on, you know, not, not in my particular uh, type of builds or whatever, but in some other ones where, I mean, in, I believe in seven or eight years, some of these trucks have probably count on one hand, the amount of regens they've done, if, if any, and that's after several years. I mean, most of these trucks are regening steady all the time. And because like a Ryan Goodman's truck, for example, it had 187,000 miles on it when we did the engine on it. And it was still running great. But I mean, it was getting really plugged up. And, you know, like I said, having to regen at least once a tank. So for it to already be having the amount of time it's regening right after an engine install is already a pretty, uh, pretty significant um, observation, right? Right. Then for these pistons, can you get them like six, you mentioned six, seven power stroke. Can you get them in six, four, six, oh, seven threes, the Cummins uh, series, Duramax, are they avail available for pretty much all of them? Yeah. They're, yeah. They're currently available for like all those platforms. Um, I like, I obviously like we're not the only, um, only place that builds these engines, but we are currently the only place that has, um, has stock and actually has like a lot of these engines available for purchase. I mean, it is fairly new technology and we're trying to get uh, ramped up more, but um, we've, we've really pushed hard to make sure that if customers do want these, they're at least available already right now. What, what makes them so unique or so different for somebody who's not familiar with the piston technology? Uh, well, I mean, the thing is, is like every, every piston is going to be unique. I mean, all of them are fundamentally based off of the flame pattern of, uh, of that particular engine. Um, so, I mean, you know, I don't want to speak too much as to the, uh, the method behind the madness of, uh, or like just expression use, I guess, but, um, the, uh, to how they come up with the, the patterns in them, but, um, to anyone that's, I guess, seeing them advertised, I mean, obviously they do have kind of, uh, they're, they're actually called turbulators, um, but they do look kind of a little bit like a golf ball on the, the top of the piston. Um, but, uh, it is very specific to each engine, how the, how those are placed. Um, and so, you know, uh, I think how to describe it. We're, we're, we've even been playing around with a couple of different, like both even designs as well as that kind of piston designs and stuff to go with it to see, you know, if we can enhance it a bit better. I mean, we still have those in testing to see what the long-term benefits are. Um, but uh, the very unique thing is, is I know there's a lot of other people out there that might have seen similar technology like this in like cylinder heads and in other areas of the engine, but it does seem to make the most noticeable difference when you put it on a piston because it does allow the air and fuel inside the cylinder to just mix a lot 
lot better than it did before. That's what I had noticed with some of the um, some of the questions or, or responses on YouTube were from older technology in different parts, whether it was with the heads or other things or even in the gas world. And I'm not familiar with it. So that's where through this conversation, it's really been helpful to understand how these make a difference in a piston mm-hmm. in a diesel engine and give the results that you guys saw through testing and real world data. It's It's just... Like I said, I haven't come across anything that I can really think of that applies to so many different kinds of trucks and has so many different benefits, which if you're at the point of needing an engine, it would be worth it to me, especially if I was going to have the truck work it really hard to invest in it. Because like you mentioned, there's not many products that can pay you back, so to speak, over time that you put yeah. on a truck. Yeah, and, and I think it's, uh, I guess, a better way to wrap a uh, person wrap their head around is, you know, like when they apply, like, let's say the, the golf ball pattern to a golf ball, it's because, you know, it, as it's flying through the air, you're allowing air to move over air. So it's less friction stuff on it. So I think that's maybe some of the reasons why some people are having a hard time wrapping around how does it how does it work so good is when air is flowing through like an intake port, well, you're, that's just ultimately air. And yes, it might have a bit of less restriction, but I, I believe that's why it just works so much better on the piston is because the piston's physically moving and then that's just allowing the flame or like the, what's going on in the combustion chamber to uh, just to burn that much more efficiently and create all these added benefits. Um, like the, like with the diesel engine, I mean, like, cause with gas engines, like you always have to maintain a proper air fuel mixture. So, I mean, if you're going to start doing things that are adding more air or anything else, I mean, it has to add more fuel to kind of counter that to maintain it. But on these diesel engines, I mean, you know, for the most part, I mean, when they're tuned factory, I mean, if you, you know, uh, do airflow modifications. I mean, for the most part, it's not, uh, I don't believe the computer's really changing the amount of fuel or anything else going in. It's just burning more efficient. So the fact that these um, are allowing it to just burn off more diesel, that's why we're getting less soot, better fuel economy, lower DGTs, um, all these added benefits. There's one question I want to ask you that I get from time to time, and it could apply towards our conversation now with these pistons or even standard pistons. But when somebody has a failure, it's usually not at the right time, puts them in a bind, they're losing money, and they think, how can I avoid this? What can I do different? When somebody gets a DFC engine, what are some things you would tell them to, as far as like a best practice, once they get it in, are there things they can do to avoid it? Is it staying on top of their maintenance or oil changes? Is it a break-in period? How can somebody avoid or, or basically maximize their new engine? Uh, that's kind of an open-ended question. I don't think it has a simple, easy answer. Um, <laughs> the, uh, you know, honestly, it, it, within reason, it does actually really depend on the this person's situation. I mean, a lot of it has to do with um, the current mileage that the engine failed at. It has to do with, um, you know, like what's been done to the truck previously. Um, you know, how has it been serviced, everything else. Because, you know, there's there's some trucks that, like, depending on the type of failure and the type of mileage, they, they literally might just need a lawn block and then fresh fluids and filters and the way you go. But um, as they age more, I mean, like we're always recommending once you're past about a hundred thousand miles um, to put in new injectors into the truck. I mean, if it was a gas engine and, you know, spark plugs are only like 10 bucks a piece, you would never put a hundred thousand mile engine in um, with used spark plugs. But I mean, it's really a lot of people I think get, 
you know, the injectors are obviously like a lot more costly than the diesels, but they also have the potential for taking out the, the engine prematurely too. So um, I, I myself, I'm not a big believer in injector testing. Um, my experience over the years has been uh, like when you send your injectors out for testing, they're going on a test bench that's ultimately using, you know, whatever computer is to run that test bench, but it's not using like a Dodge or Ford or a Chevy ECM. And then if someone has an aftermarket tuner on it as well, um, even if it's just for mileage or whatever, it's now modifying, um, you know, the factory ECM that much more. So what the injectors are showing on a test bench versus what they're doing in the truck, they're not actually duplicating the same, like when we talk about duplicating kind of the same scenario or or the same conditions or anything. So I don't know how many times we've had trucks like they're smoking, hazing at idle. You send the injectors out for testing, they test fine. You put them back in, smoking, hazing at idle. You put a new set in and it's all gone. So, I mean, um, I, I just usually recommend at certain mileages that people just look at getting new injectors because it is a lot, lot more peace of mind. Um, you know, definitely nowadays with like some of the fuel ultra low sulfur diesels out there, I mean, running, you know, cleaners, conditioners and stuff definitely helps, helps prevent stuff prematurely wearing out. Um, as mileage goes up more, you should look in doing like, you know, um, depending on the type of failure, like new oil coolers or water pump and stuff. But um, like to your question, it's like the, the one thing is the reason why I really focus on it does depend on the situation is like, you know, it, it would be easy enough and say it's best practices like to like just replace everything like, oh, well, you do an engine, put a new turbo and injectors and oil cooler and everything else but that's not necessarily adding the best value for the customer the best value for the customer is like what do i need to get the best results long term and uh um and like i said if it has low mileage or parts have previously been replaced then selling them pieces they don't need i don't think is adding the best value to them yeah i think that's where a lot of the questions come in is ideally yeah, it'd be great to just replace everything and yeah. and a lot of the a lot, a lot of truck owners, it might be their first engine failure. And yeah, it, it could be obvious if you have melted pistons and ejector hung open, you know, okay, I should replace them. But it does get into that gray area for somebody who's not used to it. Should I replace the injectors? You know, they've been running fine. I don't notice anything going on, but I've got 200,000 miles on. And I just I've heard so many stories of engine failures because of an injector, something yeah. that's, that's going on with it. it. It would scare me to, you know, put in a new long block and then I'm using these old injectors and maybe ending up in the same situation. Yeah. I know uh, one unique thing, we came out with this in about 2014 and it's, it, it's probably one of the easiest ways to identify our engines over anyone else's right off the bat is um, we came up with a bunch of, they're like, they're like a low adhesive sticker that we kind of stick all over the engine in different places. And for example, like over the intake runners, we would put a sticker that says clean and inspect intercooler before starting engine. Um, Cause at the end of the day, it's like, we've always tried doing our best to like, how do we, how do we ensure the best success when someone's installing one of our engines, which also includes how do we educate the mechanic installing it to the best of our ability. And we had always shipped and we still do to this day, you know, instruction manuals and stuff, but like being honest about it most of them they just get tossed off onto a tool or onto a workbench and i know what i'm doing and everything else but we found when we started putting stickers as reminders on things that they physically have to peel off to, <laughs> to pull apart on 
um, the amount of calls we got for like, let's say someone making a mistake and causing an engine failure right on install dropped about 80%. Wow. Like in 2014, we probably repaired almost 46.4 engines for shops that uh, bent the connecting rods and melted the pistons within 100 yards of them leaving the shop because you always see the mechanics, they lift the cab up in the air and the, um, on the 6.4, the lowest point of the intercooler, um, that the pipe that's attached to that goes up in the air with the cab. And so if the engine had a previous failure that had like had a bit of diesel and oil that was inside the intercooler, they'd lift it up in the air, put the engine in, drop the cab down. As soon as they start it, as soon as they hit probably about 20 pounds of boost, it, it pushes all that diesel and oil into the engine, creates hydrostatic lock, and that every engine looks almost identical. It bends, you know, cylinders one and two really bad. And, you know, you have progressive damages of cylinders three, five, and um, four and six. And then whatever's left because the u-shaped uh uh intake manifold um has to go in cylinders seven and eight so it usually bends them really bad and and then it melts the pistons already and um you know a lot of times they're shocked they're like well but i hardly drove the thing how is that possible already but that's just one example where it's like you know we we've kind of spent the extra money and time um to try and ensure like how do we even make sure that whoever's installing the engine is going to do the best job possible? Because sometimes, like especially through COVID, we were sometimes backlogged 300 plus engines and had a couple month lead times waiting to get it. So, I mean, if someone even made a mistake on installing it, it could be several months for us to even possibly get them a replacement for it. That's a really good benefit to the truck owner and, and the, the shop that's installing it as well with lead times and just the whole process of, of doing it. And I'm sure you, you know, having been in business so long, the whole mm -hmm. process from the first call to the trucks driving off, you got a happy customer. There's yeah. so many points in that, that things can get difficult. And so the, the more that you guys do to ensure a smoother process just makes a, a happier customer, <laughs> a happier diesel shop. And it you know, just works overall very smoothly. Yeah. Well, I mean, we ultimately want to have like all of our customers and even uh, the shops we deal with have the best experience possible. And I mean, and a big way for that is just like, you know, learning from every, anytime we have a challenge or anything else, like, you know, is there something that we can do better um, to just, you know, prevent something from happening in the future? It's, it's you know, it's, um, I don't like getting involved with the blame games or saying you should have done this differently or whatever. It's just like, Hey, like, what can we do better to help you, you know, be successful in the future? You guys work on some really cool things. Like I said, it was years ago. It might've been 2012 or 13 when I came across um, your company and the things that you guys offered. And it was really cool to sit down and chat with you and see how you guys have progressed and are incorporating so many different processes and testing and quality control and then upgrades that people can choose. And I know we focused a lot on, on the speed of air pistons, but how it fits into the engine itself um, yeah. from the build quality, the things that you guys offer. There's so many choices, so many things. And I know that someone who's listening, their engine might be down there. They know they got to get one. They're going to have questions oh. for you guys want to know more. What's the best way to reach out to you guys? Ask those questions. Um, is it through the website? Give you guys a call, email, maybe all three. Yeah, I'd say all three. I mean, um, for anyone like on our website, for example, we actually have a online order form. So, if someone was curious about even like, you know, what, uh, you know, what different engines do we offer as well as what's the prices and everything, 
um, they can actually fill out the online order form and every drop down menu will actually say what that engine comes with and what are some of the features and benefits. And then I'll give them a part number and a price. And then uh, um, they can always put in the notes section if they'd like, like us to reach out. We typically do anyways. Um, but then anytime they want to call in, um, you know, whether it's myself or one of the staff, whatever, we always do our best that, uh, you know, if, it, if anyone's struggling to answer a question, I mean, sometimes I'll still, even at this level, I still get involved and happy to answer any questions people have too. So. I love your guys' website because it, it can be hard to find information sometimes, especially with engines. It's usually just oh. like a picture and a price and I've got to search for what it is, but you guys do an excellent job at explaining what comes in this series, what it's designed for, oh. what I'm getting. And I really like that. I think it makes getting information and buying a lot simpler. It was really cool to chat with you today. I appreciate your time and being able to connect. And then also all the testing that you guys have done to be able to see what these upgrades do to engines. It's invaluable to the diesel community. So it was cool to connect with you, Matt. I appreciate your time, your expertise, and look forward to chatting with you more in the future, learning more about engines. There's always a ton of questions we get about Cummins, Duramax, Power Stroke, yeah. new things, all that kind of stuff. But it was great to chat with you. Yeah, as well. Thanks, Patrick. Don't forget, diesel fans, make sure and head on over to dansdieselperformance.com. If you've got a Cummins, Duramax, or Power Stroke looking to get a new drop-in turbo, uh, built transmission, ton of different products, or just service and maintenance, if you'd like to take your truck into the shop, head on over, check out what they've got. If you have questions, definitely make sure and send them an email or give them a phone call. Follow them on social media. They're super responsive. Love to be able to chat with truck owners out there and make sure that you get your truck running the way that you want. Also want to give a shout out to some of our Patreon supporters, Tyler Lowen at 23 Diesel, J. Cole John, all of our other Patreon supporters, all of you who subscribe on YouTube podcast apps that are on our Discord, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We appreciate all your support here in year seven of the Diesel Podcast and look forward to bringing you more of the content that you want to hear in 2023. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.